0: This is the Harris Health and Mind podcast. What's up, guys? This is Rhys Harris. You're listening to the Harris Health and Mind podcast. This is episode one slash introductory. I've been thinking about doing a podcast for a while now, and my girlfriend's finally gave me the, the nudge to do so. So I appreciate your your love and support on that. I also appreciate the, the support on the name, which my girlfriend come up with a fantastic name, for Harris Health and Mind podcast. I've been listening to podcasts for about two or three years now and I've fallen in love with lots and lots of different podcast hosts. I find that the intuitive message from various guests that are on um, podcasts, from Rich Roll to Joe Rogan to Brian from the London Real, um, just give off a very positive message, no matter what their beliefs as a person or their job role um, perceive. So I've been really inspired by the messages from the various guests on these shows and also the hosts from the podcasts. Personally, I've found by listening to some of these guests on the podcasts, they've given me little tips that I've managed to take away in my own personal life um, and transform myself into, which I believe is a better person and a more rounded person. Um, and just understanding that everyone has a different path and a message and their life story as well. Everyone is completely different, um, no matter what their background is um, and their views. I really believe that everyone has the ability to create their own destiny within um, their own mind. So the Harris Health and Mind podcast is going to be based around having various guests on through lots of different walks of life, um, but also um, having and creating a nice, safe environment where the message It's not going to be judged, Um, it's not going to be critiqued, it's going to be an open platform to speak about um, their their past um, and also what they look to try and do in the future. Um, And I hope you guys as listeners can try and take away some positives from the guests, even if you don't believe in um, their certain beliefs, because I believe everyone in life, no matter who you come across does have a positive message to say somewhere um but i believe you also have to be open as an individual to um to transcend that message into something positive yourself um by taking away from maybe um, a judgmental side because you don't believe in something um that maybe that person is speaking of so for me i'm really excited to have on um, various different guests and and tell their story For those of you who are listening, who don't necessarily know me, as I know most of you who probably are, um, have been forced this podcast down your throat to listen. I am a semi-professional footballer and am a football coach and have been for the last nine years or so. I always believed from a very young age that I've been destined to help people and that's something that I've always found the most joy in my life when I am helping others not necessarily in just um, the football field but just in general life I really find that that um, gives me a lot of happiness um, when I grew up when I was younger my mum's a single mum with four kids um, and I found that there was always someone um, on the outside that could help us whether that was our neighbour next door, Doreen, who used to take us to school sometimes when we were younger, when mum was working early in the morning, um, or just various friends from the football circle that used to drive us to games because mum didn't necessarily have a car or the car broke down. I always find that help from others, um, I don't know, gave me something positive to take that other people are willing to help and it's not just necessarily people that are closest in that circle. Um So i've always found that helping others um, without getting something in return has given me a lot of happiness Um, in terms of coaching the football and how that came around that came around i think quite naturally when i was younger i was always in um, academy setups um, within a pro club environment um, and then sort of drifted out of that um, when my brother got released for being too small at Colchester united that's um, when I started to sort of think about football in a in a sort of different way and I couldn't really understand at that young age how personally I thought someone so good although he's my brother obviously going to be biased someone who was so good at that young age got released on height um, which was the only reason you know it was because he was too small at that time and I think that really affected me when I was younger um, and I was still in the academy setup but I um, i I made the conscious choice that i wanted to play and be happy rather than someone say to me well look look lad you're too small or you're not fast enough or you're not strong enough you know we're gonna release you so from a very young age i was very very um aware of what i wanted to do um for myself um and i think that uh, my brother shane getting released that hit me very hard um but also gave me that awareness from a very young age and Um, from that point, I was always aware of what I wanted to do for myself and ultimately take charge of my own, um, thinking process. And I, from a very, very young age, I'm very, um, very, very secure on knowing what I would do would be, um, the right process for myself. Um, and yeah, from there, I, again, divvied around with academy setups, um, went to, uh, Cone Football College, which is a uh which we class as a standard college where you do either BTEC, A levels, and then do football in the afternoon. Um and from that I had um trials with Colchester United Academy, um, and then went on tour with South End. Um but there's within that there's a lot of setbacks um within the football community that I suffered personally, um and also something when I was very young at Tottenham which to this day, I think, has helped me um, become a very stronger person mentally. Um, I remember when I was about 13, I um, went on trial at Tottenham Hotspur, um, was there for a while, and we played our first game against Luton. And in the first 30, 35 minutes, the game was at a rapid pace. It was something that I've never, ever been um, at that age, obviously. I'd never been accustomed to. And I just remember I just went down faked an injury and said look I've got to come off and um, from that point onwards it it was something where at a young age I realised that it was something that I had to work on I wasn't fit enough for um, Tottenham Hotspot and I had to fake that injury um, to come off it was something that um, stuck with me for years on end Uh, my mum used to think that I left there because um, it was the travelling that was taking its toll, when in in essence it was more me mentally not having the capabilities and the fitness levels to compete with those boys um, at the age of 12, 13 years old. Um, And, you know, little things mentally where I was playing left back and the left winger at the time is now playing for Crystal Palace. Um, Things go through your mind that you maybe think, oh, you know, what ifs and stuff like that. But I'm at a place now where I'm very uh, happy and comfortable with um, the decision I made. And I believe everything happens for a reason. And from there, um, I said to myself that there will never be a game where I'm not fit enough to play or I'm not fit enough um, to get around. And to this day, I really think that that process at Tottenham Hotspur, where I, you know, faked an injury and, and had to come off, um because i wasn't fit enough um inspired me to start what i am doing now in terms of my one-to-one coaching um where i really focus and try and help my clients understand the process of what it takes from a very young age at these top clubs to to make it essentially Um not necessarily just the fitness but a lot on the mental side of um the politics and football the training um and just having different coaches that may have a different opinion on you as well. So I like to try and create an environment which is positive all of the time. Um, I believe that the player themselves have that positivity and the capability to um, enhance their game on another level if they fully understand and and can create that mindset for themselves that once they are at a fitness level and they can can compete, they will be able to um, show their worth essentially. Um, so that's something that's really played on my mind um, from a young age and that sort of helped me in my, um, my career of coaching. On a personal level, um, performance and playing wise, I also like to help my clients understand that you also don't necessarily need to be um, all the way through an academy at a young age to, to get into pro clubs or to get to a, um, a high level. Um, if you want to get there as well, some players that I, I train just want to get better and, and are not too focused on the on the football side. But for the ones that that are and do have aspirations to, to becoming a professional footballer, um, I also try and share my message with them um, and, and my pathway that I had after um, being released at Southend um, at the age of 17, 18. Um, after uh, having an unsuccessful trial, I I tell them about my pathway through playing um, step nine um, level which I managed to get all the way up to step five which is the conference national level so one league below professional Um, and that just came around again just organically and quite naturally in the sense of just being able to enjoy my football I got to the age of 18 19 where after all these trials after football college and stuff you know, it does take its toll on you. But I just said to myself, look, I want to get to play um, at a high level, I want to enjoy myself, um, but this is what I've got to do to get there. And, and I knew that if I can um, prepare properly, like I always used to do from a young age, if I could prepare properly, if I could make sure that I'm physically um, and mentally ready for the non-league side of things, I will be able to progress um, just, again, organically and quite naturally and that's something that I managed to do I went from playing um step 9 to um step 4 within probably a year um and and again that was just all off the process of being happy within myself not concentrating on the environment that I was in and making it a negative um because I found at that time me personally the players some players I was playing around there were Coming from pro clubs down into that um, step nine division, and you know, there's almost that snobbery, or almost like I'm too good for this level. Whereas I just disreg- disregarded everything um, and set myself on just being happy, being focused, and knowing that everything will happen organically as long as I am in that mindset of playing comfortably within myself, um, in the sense that I knew that everything else exterior would take care of itself. Um, which is what I did um, and I'm very very happy to have experienced and played with many good players um, from uh, from this day forwards really um, and that's me I, I'm you know someone who would like to share my story with others um, but I'm really really interested in hearing um, different stories from different people and different walks of life and different sports because everyone's got their own story and I, I really thrive off um, hearing what other people say, it's almost like a therapy session for me, um, and taking on what uh ups and downs other people have and and having that understanding that, you know, what I've gone through others are going through and um and helping people um within my personal setup in terms of uh, footballing but also hopefully with this podcast getting the message out there that, you know, if you are suffering with um if you are suffering with things like depression, anxiety There are other people out there that are suffering, and they may be able to help you with different tips and different tricks that um, might help you in in your environment. So that's the key of um, Harris Health and Mind is to try and and get the guests on that um, we can all take something from, which will be positive, but also understand that everyone has a different path and um, to trust the process and not to not to get bogged down with um, where you're at because there's always something positive that you can go through with um, in the future if your mindset is set correct so um, stay tuned for um, more podcasts to come we have had some issues um, with sound quality but again i just want this to go organically i didn't want to waste time in making sure everything was perfect i want to get this out there um, and I look to try and make things more professional in the future and um, in terms of mic setup and there might be some background noise and stuff but I just want to get this out there because it's something that I've been wanting to do for a while and Hopefully, you can take something positive from um, the podcasts and the guests that we have on, because for me, that's the ultimate goal, um, and hopefully help a happy, healthier environment for you guys um, that are listening. So enjoy, stay tuned. Um, any feedback would be greatly appreciated. Peace. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Harris Health and Mind podcast. Um, you're listening to episode one. Today's guest is Ilias Iliganto. Mm-hmm. Hope I said that right, Elias. Hello. Hello. Ilias is from Spain, Um, he came over with the Football for the Chance programme that Haybridge Swift offer Um, and that brings um, boys and men over from Spain that are looking to break into the English game um, from non-league and make it to professional level like the likes of Juan Luque um, who went from Haybridge with Ilias um, and got a move to Lincoln City and is now at Bromley um, FC. Ilias, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's talk about, first of all, the move over from Spain. Um, how did you find the adjustment from playing football in Spain to coming over and playing football in non-league in England?
1: Well, I think it was similar to the football we are playing in, in my area, in Spain. But if I I played as well in Madrid, for example, and they play more passes, and here is more long balls and second ball, so it was similar, not so hard to adapt here the football. But in Spain we like more to to keep the ball and pass the ball. But I think when you are in England and the the ground is so hard to play in December or January you need to play long balls so maybe the reason why they are playing in this this way. I find I found hard for the beginning because the, the tempo is faster and the players are more more are bigger and I don't know, it's it's, it's difficult to adapt to this level and that conditions. Mm. But I think my mentality and my kind of football is similar that the people is playing here and, and the players. So I think in one year I, I was ready to, to be in, in non league mm. because I started in Haybridge. Then I went on loan to Stansted, it's one league below. Mm. I was playing there all the games. It was Nick Brown as well with me alone. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And George Smith. He's in Go United now. Ah, oh, yeah, George, yeah. Yeah, we were playing there. Then I I was speaking with Jody in November, and I said I I would like to to start to play in in, in the same league than than Hybrid. So the he found me a a team in in the same league in where. Now he's in in the other group. Yeah. And I was there playing with, it was apps, a midfielder. Yeah, great yeah, player. Yeah, good footballer. And I was playing there for two games. Then came an, another manager, Craig Davis, something like that. And he said, doesn't want people on loan. Then I came back to, to Haybridge. And the, the grounds start to be hard to play. I wasn't playing so many games because the conditions and so many games cancelled. Then <clears throat> Maxi called me for to go uh, to Waltham Forest, mm. and I went there to him. I it was so good, good manager, uh, good people. The then the team it was new, and at the beginning was so so hard. We were losing all the games and we didn't find uh, the way we were we want to play. Yeah. But I think after that year playing in Stansted in Ware, in Waltham Forest and a few games in Haybridge, I understood the way I need to play here and adapt my football here to play quickly and and stay, stand and try to find the second balls, and try to pass forward uh, always because when when you arrive here, you don't understand when you make a long pass, for example, all the wingers and the forwards are going like crazy to, <laughs> to the ball. It, it, it doesn't happen in, in Spain. So it's, it's it's not a good pass in Spain, the forwards are not going to the ball. No. Here it's a bad pass, maybe they reach the ball, and it's a good pass. Yeah, you know, so it's a a little difference.
0: That's interesting. How because most people who especially potentially come over from another country to try and make it in England, you talk about within the first year that you probably went to four different teams. How how did you find mentally um, that adjustment happened? That right, I initially come over thinking that was going to be in one team. Then I went on loan and then I, I went to another team and then another team within where Stansted. How how did that yeah, process, how, how, how did that help you mentally to then when it when you eventually
1: went to the Haybridge team, how
0: did that keep you
1: mentally focused? Well, the first thing is you need to understand um when we are in Spain or I think in other countries but especially in Spain you are training four days, so you can show to the manager how you are. Yeah. But when you when you arrive here in England and Guillem says to to me, uh, no, here is just one training session Thursday normally, and then you play on Saturday and Tuesday. Wow! I said it's impossible to show mm. to the manager how you are and you your have, personality. Yeah, you have yeah. maybe. 20, 15 or 5 minutes in a game, maybe you, you don't touch the ball. So mm. how can I show you uh, my, my football? Yeah. So it was hard, but you need to change your mind and say, okay, uh, now I need to to get a plan. And if, if I'm not training like every day in Spain, I need to go to the gym and change my mind and work hard and okay, if it's not this, this season, because it will be hard, we can try in another team because when you are in Haybridge and you go on loan in, in a league below, normally you are playing. Mm. It happens in every team here in England. So I said, okay, it will be hard, but I can play yeah. and be fit. And when, when I'm ready, if the manager wants me to play, I can play. So I tried to do that, and yes enjoy the football here. I was enjoying so much here because mm. I don't know it's different it's obviously I like to train but when when you start to play Tuesday training session Thursday and play again Saturday is the 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 week the, uh, the weeks are going so Quick. quickly so mm. quickly and you start to enjoy because it's something new. Yeah. Then it was hard, but enjoying, you know yeah. what I mean?
0: Well, for those that obviously don't know you, and obviously I played with Ilyas, so um, obviously we used to have the the group WhatsApp um, at Haybridge, and you, Gillam, you always used to train all the time or send clips of you doing workouts and stuff in the gym. Yeah. Is that something it that you... It were... was fine, you remember me. Yeah, <laughs> it was fine as well. <laughs> yeah, which was, which was strange. Um, for trying to better himself. Um, But was that something you always did in Spain or like you just said, you you had to adapt in England and train extra because you wasn't training the four days like you were in Spain. Was that something you thought, right, because I'm not training the four days like I was in Spain, this is something I've got to do to progress myself and try and better myself in England. Is that something you did or was you doing stuff in Spain also?
1: Well, I did in Spain, but just for precision. Yeah. Like, in pre-season, we were training as well four or five days per week. And normally I was going in on the at morning or something like that to make my gym stuff. Some running to to do a double training session for me because I want to be prepared for the season. But doing, like, all the season, yeah. going to the gym, I never did. No. Well,
0: what would you say to players that are potentially in the football chance that want to come over next year um, from Spain, what would you say the hardest adjustment or the hardest thing about coming from Spain and playing in England, non-league football, what would you say the hardest thing is for those people that are are looking at at potentially coming over?
1: Well, mm, the first thing is when I arrived here, uh, it was Guillem and he knew the football here, how it works and everything. He asked me where you want to play what level well I said I was playing in Spain in step four so maybe oh sorry can fine okay. uh, on, <laughs> I need to wake up to go work <laughs> uh, what I said so step four then maybe league two because you don't know the the leagues here in England I say League two uh, national League wow Gil was surprised. Mm. But everybody in the football chain say the same, yeah, because the people was playing in step four, step five in Spain, so is it, maybe it's the same, yeah. but it's not the same the The pyramid is not the same. Here you have from Premier League to national league just one group, yeah, then two groups in conference south and North. And yeah splits and in Spain, no in Spain it's like one group in, in the first division. One group in the second division, and then you have four groups in second B and 18 in the in the step four. So it's not the same. So I I here and I said that to Guillem, Guillem almost start to to cry, <laughs> <laughs> and I will say to the people who is coming and be relaxed and. Enjoy the football, enjoy the managers, enjoy the, not the weather because it's shit, but <laughs> enjoy everything, enjoy the grounds because we don't have in in, in Spain the natural grass, normally it's artificial. Mm-hmm. Um, and try to to work in something you can learn English quickly. Yeah, that, I, was,
0: that was the other thing I was going to touch on because you also had to adjust to the language, didn't you? Did you speak yeah. English at all? I thought In yes. Spain. I thought just, yes, but it doesn't.
1: No, it wasn't.
0: So you had to learn English.
1: Yeah. And that again. It's uh, not. It's not just to speak, but to understand the people is so yeah, difficult.
0: Yeah. The culture side yeah. of um, coming from Spain to England, and like you've alluded to, not even speaking the language. How? What? What did you do to to learn so quickly? Because your English is good
1: well, now, but the first thing it was something with football. Yeah. We were with Guillem in a training session in the morning. And Guillem started to say, <coughs> how you say, cross and yeah. uh, man on time and switch and everything you need for football. Yeah. The basi- the basics. And we were learning that. And then I start to work in, in Subway. Yeah. But my English, it wasn't improving. No. Because... In subways, fast food—you must to say always the same. Yeah. Then in December last last year, I moved to to Carlucho's restaurant. There, I start to improve my my English, because you, as a waiter, you can speak with the people, and it's different things you can say, and they can say to you as well. Yeah. So it's when I start to speak English a little bit, and. The thing you must to do always is start to watch the film in in English or the language you you need to improve. Was you
0: scared initially
1: to go from uh,
0: moving over, playing football, not necessarily knowing many people, if any, hardly anyone, yeah. and then diving straight into working in an English environment
1: where you hardly knew any English? How how was that for you? It, it, it it was easier that you think maybe yeah. because I was just uh, enjoying football than the other things doesn't matter. Yeah. But um, now after one year and a half, I said, "Wow!" I start. I I still working in in a restaurant, double shift from eleven morning to close. One break and it's... Is the only thing I I don't like, mm. because in Spain I was I was working as well in in uh, administrative. Yeah. So it was better for me. I'm not running all the time. Yeah. How did
0: you felt that being, especially like you're saying if you're working from 11 till close with one break in a restaurant, yeah. that's cr- crazy hours, and, and especially trying to figure out and learn the language at the same time for people's orders and then making sure that you get those correct and then potentially going because I remember saying to you in one game we had a game on a Saturday and you was going straight from the game to you had a couple of hours and you had to go straight to work so how how does that impact on your body was you feeling
1: well much more tired and yeah I'm so tired now yeah I'm so tired because one Saturday okay but two Saturdays okay when you have 20 Saturdays Going straight from football, mm. it's like, I don't want to work anymore, you know? I don't <laughs> want to work. Yeah, it's, it's, You start football at 3, then you finish at half past 5, uh, take shower quickly, go to work, maybe you, you were playing in London, so it's one hour to get your work, and start 7, then close, normally Sunday working in the morning, mm. so it's like stressful. You get no sort of rest time whatsoever. Yeah. I, I would like to to have the, the time to be after game, relaxing in home, watching a movie or something like that. But No. Nah. No. So we obviously touched on um, the language barrier
0: as well. Is there any similarities within football itself? So like you spoke about with Gillam saying things like man on or cross, the the language in football that um, we use in England. Is it quite similar to sort of the language in yeah. Spain? Yeah, um, it's, it's similar.
1: In terms of like what is said during games and stuff in team talks, or well, it's similar, but for me it wasn't because it's it's not normal for me speaking English when yeah. I'm playing. So um, when I want to say something now, yeah. now now it's normal, but at the beginning was like uh, how it was, how it was, manon, um, but it was late. Yeah yeah. You know, so it was difficult but we were trying to do it mm. in training sessions or something like that. Because now this season uh Jody said to us, you need guys you need to speak more in on the field and try to do communication okay, better. Yeah. And I said yeah it's okay but it is it's hard for me to say something more that you know than man or time yeah because it's it's not natural for me of course because you're speaking predominantly in spanish i
0: guess yeah when you were back home playing yeah. all the time so when you just learn uh phrases or little bits of language it, you can't open up because you you yeah. take too long and on a football yeah. pitch everything's instant isn't it so if you yeah. If you delay your communication, it might delay the next pass, or you might get
1: yeah. Cut you are losing
0: off. one or two seconds. Yeah, just by thinking about what you're then going to say, rather than thinking about your next movement or your next pass. So that is difficult. What What would you say um, mentally that you've gained from coming over to England? So from Spain, what would you say mentally that you've found? that that's helped you or something that you probably wasn't necessarily as strong on um, that you found that has helped you coming over to England that you can maybe take back to Spain. Um, whether that's something that um, that maybe certain managers didn't fancy you but you kept going anyway or certain things like that mentally that you felt have helped you along the pathway within the last year and a
1: half. Um, what I learned here to to come to give with me in to Spain, no, to yeah. bring with me. For example, um, the managers here, when you want to get in a team, is uh, I think is more difficult to to get in a team. So you need to speak with them and and maybe the the thing I learned is to to be more confident when I speak with them and and try to do it in Spain as well. Yeah. Because I, I never tried to speak with the managers. so if, if I wasn't playing yes I, I was working hardest but here it's impossible because you don't have training sessions. So maybe that maybe that is one thing I can bring to Spain.
0: Yeah. What well, what's the process like in terms of um, I know you say they train four times a week in Spain but what's the process like in terms of um the managers or the coaches is it still the same as like barcelona and stuff like that where maybe they call them coaches they don't necessarily call them managers here is it are they more um because not league sometimes you get a manager who's the manager and then they have coaches that do all of oh, the yeah. training and sometimes you have both um what's it like in spain do they have um
1: Similar to here, or yeah, you you have the the coach or the manager. I don't know what is exactly. Yeah. So you have one person is the, the boss, yeah, and you have the assistant, the assistant manager. It's is just helping yeah. the, the manager. So maybe it's setting up the the field for the training session. But the person normally who is taking the training session is the manager and the the assistant manager. The only thing. They are doing is helping the manager in some decisions, but it's not like here. Here you have, for example, we had uh, Jody and Duke. Yeah. Duke was doing a lot of stuff, and Jody was doing the the manager stuff. Mm. But in in Spain, it's it's very different, very different. Yeah. I I have, for example, a friend. He he was playing in in the first division with Villarreal. Now he's a system manager in one team in Spain, but he's not doing a lot of stuff. The manager is the boss, and he's yeah. just helping. You have as well the person who is doing the the fitness session. So the only person who is taking care of the team normally is one person, is the manager. Yeah. What do you, What do you prefer from a player's
0: perspective? Because, like you like you said, with Dugs at Haybridge um adam bailey dennis as well um being part of the coaching staff yeah. do you prefer having um two or three people around so then you can maybe go and talk to them or do you just prefer um having one manager so then at least you know everything's going through that person
1: if your relationship with one person is good i prefer one, yeah, one yeah. if your relationship well, yes, is one. One, yeah i prefer two or three because yeah. you have more people but you don't know it's it's it depends the the person or the people is in there. Yeah. The people is in there is good with you, is is, is okay, two or three, but the people is the relationship is bad. You cannot do anything. So nah. it's maybe better you move, team. Yeah, it's understandable. Yeah. I wanna sort of dive into younger
0: days, younger Ilias Iliganto in Spain, Ibiza always been playing
1: football or yeah always always what since you were younger and I I, I born with uh football and they my my arm yeah I think yeah my my brother he was 10 years older than me he died uh, in 2013 I think yeah Sorry I say that yeah and he was uh, a player as well and so you always sort
0: of looked up to him because you was the younger one and saw yeah. you had a ball already and you saw him playing and maybe going to games, and yeah. that sort of give you that extra push as well
1: he and and he was making me training session as well, so I was watching him playing and yeah it's i, I don't remember my life without a football no no it's impossible was was that um from like parents giving you the football or...? just because you saw your brother, how you got into it? Yeah, right? like my brother, my brother. brother. Yeah, my father never played, so he doesn't understand. He was watching me playing, but no. He wasn't He wasn't the one that said, right, I'm going to take you to no, a no. club and no, bang, me, you're never. playing. No. He doesn't understand nothing about football. No. No. It's, it was just my, my brother. So what's that
0: relationship like now when um, obviously you've left Spain to come over here and play? Yeah. Did, did he understand that obviously that's what you wanted to do and sort of
1: well, helped you with that or? One, one, one day, like six or seven years ago, my father said, I buy, I buy you a new car, but you need to go in, in summer to England for a few months. And then I said, okay, okay, i never been here. <laughs> and after six years, Luke offered me that the, the thing, the uh, football, the chance to yep. come here. And I said, fuck, you yeah. know, I said no to my father to come here to learn some English. And, you yeah. know, I must to go there. I said to Luke, yeah, of course. And when I said to my father, he said to me, yeah, of course, you must to go and learn English, play football there, work, everything. I think my, my father is always helping me or supporting me in my decisions. So, yeah, so...
0: Even before the football, the chance came along, your father was pretty much saying go to England yeah. to, to learn. What is it about England that, that he wanted you to go? Is it? Does he feel
1: like there's more opportunities here for you? or? Wow. Uh, about work? Yes. Yeah. Because in Spain, the situation now is difficult. But here you have a lot of works to do and good money better than Spain. About football, um, I thought it was it was more opportunities here, but I don't know now if if it's true or not. I think in football, in general, in all the countries, always the players have like CV, yeah, and it depends the name you have, you are playing or not. So for me that. It was sad, I mm. think. It was sad because I don't like when the people is coming to your team because it's not usual in Spain. No. The people moving a lot, team from this team to another team. Like this season I moved uh, three times. Uh, I was in Hairbridge, I moved to Wiltown, then I moved to Walthamstow. In Spain, pff, it, that doesn't happen. No, so they
0: not do they not have uh loans or things like that in non-league? Yeah, you you have
1: loans, but the people is not using. Do they just leave? Or if you are on loan, you are on loan like all the season or half season. Yeah. But no, for example, one month on loan, or and then another month on loan to another team. It's not, it's not happening. Because you can't build any consistency as a
0: player because you yeah. don't, especially for you guys, obviously coming over from Spain, it's hard to learn people's names yeah. in one month. You, you want to impress. They might not even train. They might just turn up and play games if they're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. The manager might say, right, we're not training, just games. And then, especially if you don't start, you're always on the back foot because you feel like you've got to impress. And... Talk about one of the teams you played at. The pitch wasn't very, very great. Um, So that's obviously the way that you want to play. It's difficult for you as well to adapt going from a pitch like Haybridge to somewhere where it's very, very bobbly and the manager wants to play a certain way and you you find that it's difficult because the players are not adapting to your style as well and you don't have the time to do that. So do you think in Spain players will just leave rather than, like you said, or...? Rather than the one month loan or or six months in Spain, do you think they'll just it will just go somewhere else
1: rather than loans? Yeah, the thing is, when you are in Spain playing, so if you are not playing, you are on the bench or on the stand, not even in the squad. The thing you can do is training hardest and and try to be on the on the squad. Here, is not here you are not playing. So they maybe uh, send you on loan to one league below. You gonna play for sure mm. because it's almost on the contract. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I I don't know what is better because if you are playing, obviously I prefer the system in Spain. Yeah. If you are not playing, I prefer this system because you can move and still playing. Yeah. So when I arrived and and I, it wasn't playing. And I said to Jody, please send me online to another team. He did. Yeah. So I could play. If not, I was in Haybridge. Uh, Haybridge doing so well. And what can I do? It's, it's a lot of people there, like Darky, mm-hmm. it was Darky and uh, Godball. You have people playing, doing so good. The manager knows that people. Obviously, my my chance. Is 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 gonna be? Is it's gonna, gonna, be gonna be limited. Work? Yeah, it's yeah. Gonna,
0: definitely it's gonna be limited, and it's it's taking that chance if you get it. But like you say, sometimes clubs just go right. We'll send you on loan for a month. Yeah, and they might not even come and look at you. They might just look at results and say, right, has Elias got man of the match or has Elias scored, or or they might just ring the manager and say, oh, how's he getting on? And if the manager doesn't really big you up, it's hard for you to then get back in if the manager hasn't seen you. So yeah I can see what you're saying on both sides of the argument for sure um, one of the other things I want to sort of touch on is the people that obviously don't know you and wouldn't wouldn't have seen you play is you're quite aggressive <laughs> and as a Spanish player you don't really you don't yeah. really see that um, especially in the professional game like Barcelona and Madrid and stuff you see a lot of diving around and rolling which you do like a little dive yourself but yeah. you are very you is that something that you've always had yeah. in, in Spain as a player? Yeah. I, if not, you've adapted very, very well. Like talk, <laughs> and... talk about that because a lot of people associate when they go over to Spain, especially younger kids, the, the vision is they're probably getting the ball, little ticky taka, one touch, one touch, and they're all very sort of lightweight and dive around and run around. But you're very much, you're a very, very good footballer and you're very Spanish in the way you play, but you've also got that English side. and You're very aggressive and you yeah. play. How, how did that... Come
1: about? Was it something? No, it was. It happening always, but I, I remember the first the first training session. It, I was still in in the football. The it wasn't over. It was it was Thursday. Yeah, we were training. Luke, the Lucas brother, the, the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper, yeah. Yeah, and me, I think we were training with the the first team. Hybrid. We were doing a. a I keep bowling, (laughs) it was uh, Henshaw, Harry Morgan, so people, aggressive as well, Mm. they were keeping the ball and I was smashing everywhere, everybody, and they were thinking like, what is doing this this kid, is the first training session and he's smashing everywhere, and I said, yeah, I like to to be aggressive. not to in, get injured, the people mm-hmm. I don't like to hurt the people, but I, I like to be aggressive. And one one game, I don't know who was I was, I think it was the first game against Soham. I did uh, a tackle, wow, behind from behind scissors. Yeah, yeah that chop. I, I think it was yellow card, but it was right for <laughs> sure. Trust me, you got away. One, yeah, my friend uh, at the stand said. Fucking hell, what is doing Elias? He was playing so good. I think what I was man of the match there. I made that tackle and was, wow. What I did? I said, red card, red card. Wow. And you oh. got the yellow. Yeah, it was yellow, hopefully.
0: Well, um, does, does your style of play work when you go back, or previously in Spain, if you play like that? Do you feel like that would be as effective if you was playing the way that you play here? back in your, the team in Spain do you feel like your style of play will work would you be able to get close enough to players or do you feel like that they've just passed the ball around you How, do you feel like you have to then adapt when you go back
1: I don't think so before I said to you before normally the, the football we play in in Ibiza in, in Baleares is similar to that here so you can play aggressive and second balls and long passes but our ground in Ibiza if I play there uh, I don't know yet I need to find a club but the pitch is so big so mm. big I think is is the biggest one in in Baleares. and the grass is new so i guess they're gonna try to play passing but obviously when when you have a team playing against you they are all behind the ball it's difficult to, to try to pass because it's not a space. No. So normally the people put a bigger striker in front and pass to him long balls and that's it. So I think it's going to be similar, not hard. But the only thing I'm going to find hard is to adapt again to the training sessions and the tempo of the, of the game. Passing, not yeah. because the tempo maybe here is highest. Yeah, it's more uh, run around, chasey chasey, yeah. second balls, um, breaking player, box to box. Yeah, but the tempo about passes and that I think is is highest there.
0: So, how, how would you adjust to that with your training? What sorts of things would you do to
1: um, to get yourself ready for that tempo? The, um. When I get back, the first thing I want to do is keep my training session the mornings if yeah. it's possible with a with a ball, because I need to to get more technical, mm. and I think it's gonna help me in the in that tempo playing. You know, within the training sessions, even um,
0: like I said, within the team in our FIFA, is it. Based around a lot of technical stuff
1: with the ball. It depends the day. Normally, if, if you are you are training four days per week, like Monday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Normally, Monday is for the people the people who played in the weekend. Recovery. The recovery and the people didn't play. They are doing some Wait, uh, stuff to yeah 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 or uh, keep the ball and in in small a small space. small space, then you normally rest on Tuesday, then Wednesday, the Wednesday is a good day to do some cardio or uh, a good uh, training Fly, session, finish. Yeah. Um, Thursday normally the training like the, the players, the, the manager wants to play for the weekend, so it's, it's different training sessions, but yes, we do a lot of kick balls and something like that. Do you do a lot of rondo where uh <laughs> like, like Guardiola? <laughs> yeah, do you do a lot of that, or
0: is it is that something that we just sort of see and we think right? No. Everyone in Spain does it.
1: Mm, yeah, but not like here. Here is previous a uh, game or previous training session you are doing. Yeah, but there no. There is sometimes they put like a training session, you know? Like do rondos and Just on rondos. Not all the training session, the whole training session, but you do like specifically, yeah. yeah. Possibly. Jesus. That. I think it's the best um the best training session always must to have a, a rondo. Because rondo is everything you can do in a game. Mm in a smaller space. Do they do do the Rondo where you're just staying in that small space,
0: or like you see, I don't know if you've seen the Rondos where they're in either a circle or like a square, but they move as well. Yeah. So they sort of go from one side of the area to another and stay, and if you're in the middle, you obviously stay within the middle. Yeah. They do stuff like that as well, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's different. Is it, the, the level I
0: presume is obviously much much higher yeah. than here when you, like, like you said, when we're doing keep ball in non-league. Yeah, it's like people are laughing. <laughs> P- people just, just give the ball away every two, three
1: passes, whereas yeah. in Spain, it's Spain bam, bang, 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 one-twos and stuff. Yeah, one-two and star and passing and I don't know, it's, it's, it's different. The, the people here, I mean, maybe it's less professional. Mm. The training in, or um, like everything? Everything, like yeah.
0: normal. Like how how like you said how they sort of um, like the approach like the professionalism to training and the setup yeah. from everyone whether it's the players I, I think they are l-
1: less professional in outside football mm. because going out drinking yeah
0: is that that more of an English culture whereas like you saying you're training four days. It's hard to I guess if you're gonna go out and yeah, of course. Uh, and you know drink in to excess and then you've got training a day or two days later and then you've got it again every other day, um, is that what you mean by yeah sort of like the standard yeah so all of
1: all of these I I don't know I was confused when I arrived because I saw the people doing some things I, I say like wow oh, I don't like this it's not my culture mm. but. I've, after that you you can see that people playing so good in a match so I cannot say anything to them. Yeah. It's but I I, I I saw people like you or I don't know, other people is fit and they like football, they are going to to the ground every day to do some stuff or yeah. the gym. So for me that people is professional. Mm. I, rem- bit... I remember you asking about my shakes and yeah. the uh, <laughs> the little ice box and stuff that I used to bring. Yeah, to I did all the time. I did that and I did the gym stuff to mm. improve. So with Guilherme it's always easy to do that <laughs> yeah. because Guilherme is he's wow, he's always doing. Do you think um do you think
0: clubs uh if they had um even 90% of the players that had that mindset, do you think they would get promoted much easier or if they were, if everyone was had the mindset right I'm not in a team or whatever I'm going to go and do a gym session the next morning or I'm going to go and work hard to get back in the team do you think if clubs in England had that mindset um, and the training was on a, on a level and everyone was on a level do you think their clubs would progress much quicker in terms of like the football and the standard
1: of course of course because I think the league's gonna be hardest for everyone because all the clubs gonna be more professional. Mm. But it's gonna be uh, better for the people, the, for the fans watching the football because they're gonna see um, better football, and you know, the people gonna enjoy mm. this this football. Sure. I think one one of if, if you have these, these fields and these grounds, they are um, unbelievable. We don't have in Spain. So you have that fields and the people is more professional and they start to, to train four days per week and, and take the football seriously and go to the gym when it's not in the squad or something like that. Wow, you can see good football here mm. because you can play good football. Then I don't know why. Why in England is this mentality to just train in one day? Is the hardest thing I cannot understand here.
0: Yeah, because even if, like you said, even if you you trained twice or three times a week, yeah, you're gonna if if the training of the quality of the training and obviously the quality of what the players bring to the session is good, yeah. you would find that eventually there would be an improvement all across the board. Whereas it's hard to get the one night a week with everyone there. And it's, you know, we've, we've been there where players can't get to training or they say they can't get to training and then we'll turn up on a Saturday and they will play. Yeah,
1: come um, on. I, I was working every day, almost every day. But I always said when, when I get a new job, I said my days normally are Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. To play football mm. but if they change because we are playing wednesday or or sunday or i don't know if it changed, you need to change my day yeah
0: so if you play football first
1: yeah if yeah. not i i i'm not getting the job mm. if they say yes i have the job
0: mm.
1: okay so i i don't have any excuse to to say i'm not going to training session if i'm not going to the training session is because i don't want or because the day before, the manager said I me, mean, "Tomorrow we are playing," but it's not happening. Yeah. So that's such a good
0: mentality to have, though, isn't it? Again, like your mentality in that football comes first and uh, the, the training it comes yeah. first. That's such a good mentality to have because we've played with players that we know that don't turn up to training, but will play every Saturday, and sometimes they play really well. Sometimes they even score goals or they assist or they create. And then there's other times where we know that they haven't trained on a Tuesday or a Thursday and then they play on a Saturday and you wouldn't even notice that they were playing. But then they still carry on playing um, for whatever reason, if they're you know, no, I'm money or a manager's friend or whatever it is. And it, it's so frustrating to see when there's players like yourself and others that you know if they don't play but they're there at training, they're going and doing a gym session the next day, or they're okay. going and doing a run, or whatever it is, or getting something in to make themselves better, and then you still see the players that like, yeah, I'm, you know, whatever it is, or, oh, by the way, boss, I can't get to training, making that excuse, but then
1: end up playing on yeah. Saturday. Here's the thing I, I, I don't like, because in, in Spain, I, I had one, one mate, we were playing in a Saturday, I think, or Sunday, I don't remember, and he was in in a in a bar before the, the game, like one hour before. Yeah. He was waiting. It's the ground and the village is close to the ground. Yeah. It's like two minutes by car. So it's it's so close. And he was waiting there and all the people start to get into the changing room. He was in the in the start. Mm-hmm. The starting. And he arrived 15 minutes late and he was one hour before in the bar and the manager said okay the next time you're gonna be here not there in the bar Mm -hmm. I don't care if you were one hour waiting there because you're late you're here you're late 15 minutes so you're not playing today you're not even in the squad he didn't play Uh, here it's not happening I had mates arriving half an hour late than." They start. Day starting. Mm. So for me, it's, it's not fair. It's not fair for the people. Is working hard for the people. Is um, waking up earlier in the morning to to go to the to the match mm. because it's all uh, to be professional. If you are waking up earlier and you go into the match 20 minutes earlier or 15 minutes earlier, you are a professional mm. because you want to play. and the people is is going there half an hour late, why they must play? Why? And and that sort of goes back to the standard stuff, doesn't it? And
0: setting professional standards from the manager as well, because like you said, the times where players are turned up late and the manager just accepts it and goes, okay, get your stuff done, get ready, get out there, and you've got 10 minutes to warm up before the game starts or whatever, you're still playing. Whereas if the manager turns around and says, right, you're not in the squad, don't be late again, that player's, that player's going to be pissed off because they might have rushed to get there, but they've got there 20, 30, 15 minutes late. But then the manager turned around and said, well, you're not in the squad, you're late. Yeah. Then the chances are the next game or the next week, they're going to be 10, 15 minutes earlier. Of course. So it's setting that standard and it's making sure that with your teammates out of there, it's not showing to them because other people will do it. If they can see that you know someone's going to turn up late 30 minutes and play, that will filter down very, very quickly if the manager just accepts that and allows that. Yeah. So it's a bit of both, isn't it? It's a manager and the player. The player setting the example of saying, right, if I have got work, I need to say to my boss, I need to get away so I've got enough time. And if you're travelling from far, making sure that you check travel and making sure you can get there on time. There's going to be times where, you, unfortunately, there might be traffic right around the corner
1: and you can't get there. I, but, I, I can understand if you're playing Tuesday, you can be late because... You may be living in in London, Uh, you need to get out from London, Mm. from your work, and you go to Haybridge or Colchester or whatever, and you'll be late. But if you say to the coach, to the manager before, listen, Tuesday, I don't know if I'm playing, but if I'm playing, I'll be late 15, 20, 30 minutes late, okay? Because I'm working in London, so I need to get out and blah, blah, blah. It's for me that it could be okay. But Saturday, which excuse do you have? Saturday? <laughs> you are playing at three, you are not working, mm. so you, you don't have any excuse. No, you're right. And I think,
0: yeah, you're 100% right. And I think that's just making sure, again, from the player that they just let the manager know and say, look, I might be late just in case. Um, I'm always going to look to try and get there on time. yeah. But if I am late, look, I've given you the heads up. But some players, like we say, probably probably don't do that as much. Okay, I want to ask you um, a question that you might have to think about or you might already know the answer. What? What's something that you haven't necessarily achieved from what you wanted to achieve from coming over from Spain to England? What's something at this moment in time where you feel like you haven't achieved what you potentially maybe set out to do within that time. What frame. I haven't, okay. What you
1: haven't, yeah. Well, I would like to play in maybe one or two leagues above from Bostic. But I think I have I have the standards and I, I think I am I'm a good player to be there. I would like to try that league because I think the people is more professional and they, they can play better. The grounds obviously are yeah much better, better. much better, but I'm not sad about that. I think I played in, in Haybridge, good good club with a good manager and good mates. I played in, in Walthamstow. and I was so happy to play there with, with Maxi. And for me, it's not sad that I would like to play leagues above, but if it's not happening, uh, I don't care. No. I'm I'm happy to be here, without friends, without family. So I was alone. I had friends, but not at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. To get used to meeting people. Yeah, and I'm happy what I done. I learned English. It was so difficult to me in in Spain to do it. Because the academies are so bad, I I was working here, so I'm very happy, very happy. Mm. Talking about family, because you're going back, um, yeah.
0: you're going back to Spain very soon, um, permanently. You excited to see everyone when you go
1: back? Wow, <laughs> I want to see my girlfriend. I think she she was waiting for a long time, mm. and. I said to her a lot of times, I want to be here for for four years in in England and I want to go back. I want to stay here. I want to go back. And she was, she was confused. So I, I think she deserves, I am getting back. I want to see my father as well. I want to see my friends. So I'm excited to be there. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy.
0: With, with that, um, with your girlfriend and you saying she was confused because you said you said you wanted to be here, um, and sort of going back and forth, was yeah. she was she very supportive? I know obviously personally I've yeah. seen her and uh, she's come over and stuff like that. Um, but in the initial stages, was she Supporting. supportive or was there any sort of resistance or any? No. Did she feel nervous on your
1: relationship that it might no, no, uh, no. drift or we were we were in distance uh, like at the beginning three years ago. She was studying like six months Mm. outside Ibiza. She was in Cordoba, and I know how we are. We are we we relationship is so so good. So we trust each other, and she was supporting me. And she knows my dream was is football,
0: Mm.
1: and I wanted to try English football. So always. She said to me, go try and when you want to get back, you're welcome. I said to her at the beginning because I was so happy to be here. Come live with me here. But she had work and it's it's difficult to the people is working in a good place there. Move to England and work in a restaurant, for example. I think she preferred to be a swimming teacher for kids than work in a restaurant. But she was supporting me always.
0: Yeah, and that's such a a good thing to have, is that support network from either family, friends, or the girlfriend. If she's turned around and said, look, go, enjoy yourself, and then if you need to come back, come back, and I'm here. And having that, that's probably giving you that extra little nudge to be like right bang uh, you know there's nothing that's potentially holding you back or yeah. you're you're a bit nervous to to leave the girlfriend at home because of the distance her saying that go enjoy yourself i'm here must have given you that massive
1: massive boost to go right let's get straight into it when when i, I had a lot of up and downs so she was always saying to me stay there because it's your dream she could say, oh, if you're down, come here and stay with me. And she never said. So for me, it means a lot, a lot, because someone who loves you, and she, obviously she wants me there. She's telling me, stay there because, because it's your dream. For me, is Yeah, hang on to that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. She's got a birthday uh,
0: just after Christmas. <laughs> pop a pop a question <laughs> no, I don't have the, the present yet <laughs> <laughs> not the present the iPad instead of the uh, the uh, little ring oh yeah,
1: well, uh, I don't know if i going to get married no uh, no I'm I not, think not know, marriage
0: know. kind of guy uh, no, no?
1: no. no. I, I, I want to get married but not for the church I don't want to no. be in a church and I'm pay a lot so like the, the process of a marriage, yeah. like the the, the the day, like the church, the... Yeah. Um, I want to get married with her, but just yes, something like sign a paper and yeah. be married. Does, does Maybe. she want to get a, a big church wedding? Obviously, all the girls yeah. like... So, so well, how's it? Yeah, I'm
0: interested to find out because obviously, like you said, all the girls have got that dream of big church wedding, massive white gown, walking in, and everyone Dressed looking at white. her. Yeah. <laughs> so what? Have you had those questions? Does she know that, like, you are not you? You want to get married to her from uh, in the sense of like a certificate and a legal sense, but you don't want the whole day. How is yeah. she with that?
1: Is she okay, yeah. or you? Few, few not, not really, but no. It's okay because I, I just want that. Obviously, I I could I could do a, a like a party, like yeah. no no, part, wedding party. Yeah. But not in so big and spend a lot of money and like that. Yeah. So for for her, it's fine, but she would like to be in a in a church. So yeah. Why? i mean it is difficult if you was to do like you said get married um
0: so, uh, the night here, you can you can go in go to it's called a registry office so where you basically yeah. go sign some papers and you get married you can have a few friends there um and some people tend to do that and then have like a a massive party at like a, yeah, he's, a he's... like a far, farm or yeah. um, somewhere like that and have and you can still dress up and have your dress and stuff like that but have yeah. everyone there and then you're not necessarily paying for certain fees and stuff. Is that? I, th- I what think you're... I think the people, girls like the music. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Like you, <laughs> literally, it is that? I think you can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You can definitely tell that there, from a young age, there is that sense yeah. that they want to get married and um, that. Even if it's not a church, the massive um you know white dress and the music and stuff, but you can still do that anyway, and
1: yeah, I know, but my my best friend got married like two years ago, I think, and he spent twenty twenty thousand. yeah, and I said, well, twenty thousand <laughs> <laughs> I prefer the twenty thousand in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, but, uh, uh, no, uh, to be fair, I'm very, very similar. I mean, I would 100% like to get married to my girlfriend. Um, but, yeah, for me, it's uh, I'm very torn between I'd like to get married and, like you said, I'd like to sign the papers yeah. and get married. But for me, I'm the whole of the day and what a, a standard marriage would be like for uh, like a church or like a massive venue, um, I would rather get married um, and then have a massive party with everyone and knowing that you're... You know you're in control of that, and it's something that you're doing together. And it, for me, that I think that's a bit more special because sometimes, like your friend spent twenty grand on the wedding. Sometimes, just you're f- spending money on things like flowers for the church, yeah. and they're sort of they look pretty and they look nice, but they, you know, they're secondary things. As soon it, as you leave
1: the church, it's gone. It's for one day. Yeah. So my my friend said, okay, uh, it's the the happy the happiness de- uh, day of my life. Okay. I understand that because he's your wife now and everything, but he said to me is one day. You are um, preparing for one year, or more, spending twenty thousand. Of course, the people is giving you a um, a gift, and mm. so normally it's money. money gift, yeah. So, but he said I was there, uh, in my wedding, trying to control everything because the people. It's not going to your parents or something like that to to control the party because you had like uh, free alcohol for one hour and it's not happening and yeah this hap- these things happen so my my friend was like all the time talking with the people and it wasn't in the in the wedding mm. with the the friends so finally I prefer like you have yeah. your uh, private. Party in a restaurant, in a farm, or whatever, with your friends, and do it like that. Yeah, hundred percent. I think,
0: yeah, it's just the way, um, like you said, some people are grown up and maybe um, their parents might have had weddings in a church, yeah. and sometimes there's like pressure from them to be like, oh, well, we, you know, we had it in a church. We'd like to see you, you know, get married in a church or the father walk the bride down in a church. So. A lot of times it is a bit of politics because the parents do sort of maybe put pressure on and say, look we want to help with the wedding but yeah. it has to be in a church and I think that's a bit harsh sometimes because you know you've got to let people do what they want but I'm sure you and the you and the missus will figure it out when it comes when it comes to that chat otherwise uh, you might have to come back to I think,
1: <laughs> I think for me it's uh, more most important half a child, one or two one footballer please and, <laughs> than get married in, in a big party in, in a wedding you know, mm. I prefer the child spend that money in, in my kid yeah and that's it I think um, once
0: you've you've had that chat I'm sure you guys will, will figure out what um, what you want to do um, we need to wrap this up because this has been going on for a good while now. It's been a been a good talk, a good chat, and figuring out your story. We'll
1: continue in in Ibiza when you come to see me. Exactly, mate. We'll come <laughs> come into Ibiza. You can teach me football over there. Yeah, of course. If you want to try there, you're welcome. Go, go for a
0: little run in Santillana. <laughs> Sant'Olaria yeah. Santi <laughs> we have a little um, a little churn up down there, but no, it's been good. Um, one question I just want to ask. Uh, we sort of alluded to it earlier about when you're growing up. When when did you first fall in love with football? Like, properly? When was the first time you could remember where it was like, wow, whether it was going to a game or seeing something on the TV or watching a World Cup? and When was the first time you can remember you fell in love with well,
1: football? Well, I was always supporting Real Madrid from from ever. Madrid? Uh, yeah, oh. I know. The English people is sad <laughs> because we are the best team. Ah, uh, <laughs> But the thing is... Uh, I, I don't remember sadly the day I was in love, no. but I remember the first time I was in Santiago Bernabéu and wow, it was amazing. It was 3-0 for Real Madrid against Sevilla and Zidane was my, my idol and he scored one. And I don't know, for me it was the best day of my life. I remember that game like now. Mm. It was so good. I think it was the first time I fell in love. I think those sort of memories
0: push you to want to do, like you say, come over here and and progress that way. Because you've almost got like an image of that day or that night when you went to the Bernabeu and saw Zizou score. And it's almost like you want to do that for yourself as well and recreate that day or night for yourself. But... It's been a pleasure. Thank thanks for, Thank thanks for coming on. Um, guys, I hope you enjoyed listening to Ilyas. Um, listen out for more of the podcast coming soon. Enjoy. Peace. <laughs> Thank you very much. Cheers, brother.